sin. He loved Eve so much so that he grabbed the fruit, she says, and he partook of that fruit. Um, in verses um, 11 to 13, after they had eaten and after they had indulged in that sin, after they ate, then what came was shame. They had shame and they hid themselves and they blamed each other. You know, Eve started blaming. So that is the progression of sin. Yeah, you almost uh, said that this, uh, what says in Genesis chapter 3, verses 11 to 13, it's about accusation, isn't it? It's uh, uh, They both are blaming um, others. It's a blame the culture we it's, see. Yeah, in it's, that. it's denial also, isn't it? It's denial. You know, Adam wanted to blame the, wo you know, the woman you've gave The woman, me. exactly. It's, yes, the it's woman denial, as well as blame, it's denial. And that's the thing that we, that's a, that's a sin we... We often uh, make make excuses because we enter into denial. We don't see things as they are. I think. Yeah, the denial and blame you you, you see it goes together. When you you know when you don't want to accept you, or you want to blame somebody else. You know you deny and you blame someone else for it. Okay, we are. Uh, I don't want to just stay on this, so we'll move on. Uh, so Genesis chapter four, um, verse five. Uh, it talks about anger. You know, this word um, uh, anger came in Genesis chapter 4, verse um, 5. It says, but on Cain and his offering, he did, uh, did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast and he was very angry. And that actually caused him to uh, sin as well. So we've seen desire. We've seen blame. We have seen accusations. We have seen anger. And we see in Genesis chapter 4, uh, verse 8, with um, homicide as well. Uh, now Cain said to his um, uh, brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. We've seen murder here as well. So anger actually caused him to commit another sin. So that, that's another sin. So slowly we can see, uh, slowly or rapidly, the sin was becoming more and increasing and increasing. And then in Genesis chapter 4, verse 23, uh, um, it, it says that Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me, wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, your young, uh, young man for injuring me. Here we have seen polygamy as well. So these, um, he, he, Lamech actually had uh, two wives here so we can see that uh, increased um uh, that was another thing that caused in genesis chapter 4 verse uh, 23 and then we see uh, the next one is genesis chapter 6 verse 2 um can someone read for me Gen genesis chapter 6 verse 2 sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Thank you. So here is a, we can see exogamy. We can see, you know, they just married anyone they wanted. It doesn't matter whether they were God's people or they were, uh, you know, whether they were uh, obeying the word or they were outside of God's world, you know, then, uh, because it's really, really important. And I find this um, really important in marriage life. And I have seen uh, in, in practically as well, you know, it's really important that you choose the right partner and it has a great impact in your mm -hmm. personal life. If you don't choose the right um, 
a life partner you're in trouble actually you can't even if you're very spiritual it actually um, it gets you into a difficult time when adam and eve ate the fruit you know and although god said that he their days are going to you know they will die oh, but you know because he's a very loving god he actually extended uh, his days because he loved them and when anger was in cain's uh, heart you know murder we just saw murder was not far off and it was anger made him actually to uh, murder again we see elengi white says that you know a merciful creator still spared his life whose life cain's life and granted him opportunity for repentance but cain lived only to become the head of line of uh, bold abandoned sinners uh, so that's what we see from the sin principle you know it's how it increased uh, uh, day by day the sin increased but the most disappointing thing that or the most uh, saddest thing which really pains all of us also and which pained god more was when he created the world it was so beautiful but when he actually saw that the sin was increasing we also see in genesis um uh, chapter 6 i think it's uh, verse 6 it says you know that god actually um Uh, uh, looked at the world and he repented uh, repented and grieved he regretted for creating the world imagine as a, as a parent when as a parent or anyone we we make something or we uh, create you know we just have one child and if you see that one child going away um if that ch- child is going away from god it really pains with that one child god as a creator of this universe and if all the people if he sees that everyone is turning to be uh, sinful and if they're turning away from god how painful it would have been for god and he really regretted and he grieved over the um, uh, the sinful world uh, so we'll move on to the person but there was one person who god found who was um who had favor in Uh, the sight of lord um, and that was noah we've seen uh, the man noah so in genesis chapter 6 verse 9 it says uh, it highlights noah in contrast to the people who surrounded him although the people who surrounded him were very sinful and in spite uh, of all that but god did see uh, noah uh, in a way that he liked so can anyone tell me what are the um elements that god found in um, noah or what were the some of the good things that he even have uh, yes he was blameless and righteous yes noah was blameless and righteous and he walked with god yes he walked with god perfect in his generation he was yes he was perfect in his generation yes thank you all. and he was a just man you know noah was a just man he walked away from sin many of us they, they didn't i mean it's not that he uh, didn't face sin yet but he he was living among the world but what hap- what the difference was he walked away from sin that made him actually a just man he was a man of integrity no was a man of integrity and he always walked away from uncertainties if he wasn't sure what it was he walked away from it if you stay there and if you're not sure and you think over and over again somehow you get convinced into it and it will actually cause you to sin but but no was a man of integrity and he just walked away from uncertainties 
and as we've already seen that noah also walked with god which means that he walked away from evil when you automatically walk away from evil that will take you closer to god and it will make you walk um with god in spite of all of his pure character noah still he was a sinner and he was also in need of divine grace that's what we see in genesis chapter 5 Uh, was eight uh, you know noah was someone who had a saving relationship with the lord he was someone who god could uh, work with someone who could listen to him he god knew noah was the only one who could listen to god and who would obey him and trust in him that's why the lord was able to use noah to fulfill his purpose um and in second peter chapter 2 verse 5 uh, peter in the new testament called uh, him uh, a preacher of righteousness noah was a preacher of uh, righteousness so because he actually listened to god and god was able to choose only noah as a person who would do according to um god and we all we, as we saw in the memory text genesis chapter 6 um verse 8 but noah found grace in the eyes of the lord in the whole of the world there was one person who found grace in the eyes of the lord was um noah we need to understand that however blameless and righteous noah was he was still i, I just said he was still a, a sinner and noah was um a normal human being he was no different to any of us uh, who seek earnestly we all want to earnestly seek the uh, lord just like the current generation we all just like noah's days in you know, we see in new testament in um, in the book of matthew that the end days will be just like the days of noah so we are in the uh, days that like um noah um, so understanding that noah also needed uh, god's grace and do the rest of, uh, and uh, uh, how do we look at our own life and ask ourselves uh, we all need to ask a question could it be said of me that i am like noah righteous blameless that i walk with god can any one of us tell us that i am righteous and blameless and that i walk with god are we able to say that in this current world any answer excuse me um just want to find out uh, among all the three which is the which is we need to adapt uh, from the nova whether he is righteous man or blameless or walk with god which one we need to adapt among three points that we have in our uh, book which one i think i i think I, i, i share with you whichever is possible for you pastor share with you that yeah. whichever is possible uh, which one is possible for us other words okay thank you pastor okay so we'll move Joyce, on to uh, elder uh, yes sister stella and then elder paul please yeah i i just want to uh, the the uh, ask the question in in a reverse way is it possible for us to walk with god in this during uh, uh, this uh, this time or could we could we able to be uh, that god will uh, call us as just man or could we walk with god is it possible uh, 
personally if noah was able to walk with god during those time i'm sure we should be able to uh, we can walk with god as well and uh, we, we can uh, that is my personal opinion again uh, it, it is individual person's choice if people choose to walk with god yes we 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 can walk with god and we can i'm sure we will find favor uh, in the eyes of the lord just like noah did anybody else want to share any views opinions uh, i wanted to answer the question that uh, pastor alfred raised and then the comments that followed including uh, perhaps uh, sister stella's uh, question uh, if you look at uh, noah if he was not having all of the qualities i don't think he would have entered the ark if if it is uh, what is possible whatever is possible i i don't uh, i mean i'm not in agreement with that statement because if you look at uh, the generation if you look at uh, revelation chapter 14 and if you read the characteristics of those who are redeemed you know they have the same qualities of noah so those who went into the ark had to possess those qualities and those who will be redeemed in other words enter to the ark which is the heaven also will possess the same qualities that noah had if you see they follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth that means the redeemed will be walking with the lord and if you go to the next verse it says for they are without fault and blameless so that is again the quality of uh, that is mentioned here so it is not one of the above it is all of the above all or none if you do everything all the qualities that noah had you will go to heaven you cannot say i i won't be righteous but i will be blameless and i will walk with god and i will go to heaven no i won't walk with god but i will be righteous it doesn't happen all all of them not whatever is possible by you everything that noah did we have to do and is it possible you know i can do all things through christ who strengthens me you know whether we are doing or not is a different question when if you ask me whether i am i am any of the above i might not be able to stand and in the presence of the lord and say yes i am doing everything but is it possible the reason why it is not possible because we are not availing the help of the holy spirit we are not availing the power that god gives you know i can do all things through christ to strengthen me that means i am not with christ to do those things i am not allowing christ to help me and strengthen me so uh it we cannot say that i will do one of them or whatever is possible what noah did and i can go to heaven no if you look at the characteristics of those who are redeemed they possessed all the characteristics that noah had thank you elder yes you're right you can cannot is that elder carol yes can i make a comment yes, yes please you... go ahead elder um I, in studying this lesson i think i kind of see something a little clearer like many times we talk about noah and others who were righteous blameless perfect and we get this impression that they have never sinned i think the big difference is that people who are willing to obey god to walk with him to obey his commandments 
and each day they have a relationship with God. I don't think it means that they never sin or because they're perfect or God said they're righteous, then we think they never sin. Proverbs says a righteous man will fall seven times. So even though they pronounce righteous, that doesn't mean they will never ever sin. And when we look at Ezekiah, when God said, I'm going to take you, he said to God, you know, I walk perfectly before you in truth. God never um, disagree with him. God says, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to give you 15 more years. So they, in for me, I used to get this idea that somebody who is righteous is perfect, make no mistake, they'll never sin. When we walk with God, that righteousness, that perfection, like John the Baptist's parents, Elizabeth and Zachariah, yeah. it's all from God. It is yeah. not because we walk the straight line and we never sleep, we never miss. What is that relationship that we have with God day to day and our willingness to follow him? God will pronounce us righteous, perfect because of his son. So like I said before, I used to think that those people never sin or never make mistakes, but no, a righteous man will fall seven times and he'll rise again. So it is a grace of God that we receive that Noah, that all these people, Zachariah, Elizabeth, God pronounced us righteous. So you and I, as we willing to walk with God and to follow him, God will pronounce us righteous. Yeah. So from, from the Sorry, question sister. from Noah's, I'm coming to you, the one minute. Before that, Rosalind had a hand up. So I'll come to you, Rosalind. So just um, uh, then from lesson from today's lesson from Noah's story, one thing that we have, uh, we know that Noah, uh, it doesn't say that Noah never sinned. He, yes, he did sin. But the point is that Noah walked with God and he walked away from evil. You know, that's what we say. And he was ready and God knew that Noah was the only person who would listen and obey his word. Others probably God knew that they were not going to obey even if God calls. But God knew that Noah was ready and he was going to obey God and do whatever God asked him to do. That's what we get uh, uh, from uh, Noah's, less, uh, Noah's life. Yes, Rosalind? Uh, I think Elder Carol um, covered what I was going to say, but I just finish off with one point. We are all sinners saved by grace. Yeah. And what we must understand as we're learning in the, in the context of today's title, uh, whether it is Adam and Eve or Cain, Abel or Noah, or even applying it to ourselves, it's about the loyalty towards the commitment that we have. If we know this God we are all discussing about, what is our loyalty towards that commitment, the relationship that we have for with this God we are talking about. And also believing that he is a God who will help us from that falling and from that sinful nature and the total commitment to this God who we believe in is so important in whatever we are talking today. Yeah. Okay. Elder Dinesh? Thank you very much. All your points are so valid and so um, uh, well taken. I just wanted to explain... Um, when, when it says that Noah was a righteous man, it only means that he feared God and he accepted. He was in the right standing, as it were. He was in the right standing to accept God. Number two, when it, it says that he was blameless, not that he was uh, not committing sin. 
although on one hand he was committing sin on the other hand he had confessed his sins and his sins were not held against him and that is very very important when god sees us he should see us as forgiven he will see us as forgiven only if first john chapter 1 verses 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful to cleanse us from all righteousness and to forgive us and to make us the, the last part and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so when we are un- what is the difference between unrighteousness when we confess our sins he will make us righteous. righteous god will make us righteous and that is the point number 3 when it says that he walked with god what does it mean to walk with god to walk with god simply means to live our life with god if you see um, the life of enoch it says enoch walked with god when you see what does it mean when enoch walked with god enoch moved in the realm of god's presence and that is what we need to understand so when enoch went to work he took god's presence around him he was in the in the realm of prayer he was in the realm of spirituality at his work if god if he went to um, the marketplace he took god's presence with him in the marketplace he was in the presence in the realm of god's spirit and that is what it means to live with god to walk as it were with god and we can do that sister uh, stella's point was very very important we need to do that because as god's remnant people we need to be in the realm of god in the realm of god's spirit in the realm of prayer and that is possible only when you start your day with devotion in the morning and you uh, takes god's presence hourly momently every day with us in 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 with him thank you elder dinesh and thank you carol and uh, sister roslin um so we we'll move on to the covenant uh, with noah so god now uh, found uh, that no um, you know he god can tell noah what he wants and then noah would obey his word so he makes a covenant with uh, noah now you know in genesis chapter 6 verse 18 we can identify uh, some elements um, of the divine covenant that uh, noah makes uh, uh, that god makes with noah so can someone read for me genesis chapter 6 verse uh, verses 18 please and let's see what are those elements of those divine covenant Well, I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark you your sons your wife and your sons wives with you thank you so you know god is establishing a, a covenant uh, with noah here and and we see that his divine sovereignty is upon noah and his family and we also see that human obedience was on noah just we all have discussed already about obedience how noah obeyed um the word of god and he had the word of god in him all the time and he never um walked away from the word he always was with god you know so he only walked away from evil that actually made him a righteous man so i'm not going too much deep into that and the divine mercy that we see we actually you know um 
by establishing this covenant with Noah, God once again showed his grace, actually, even though the people, uh, just like how he extended Adam and Eve's life and um, Cain's life as well, uh, he extended, you know, he uh, again showing his grace, a grace upon the human being. He demonstrated that he was willing to save humanity from the results of their sins you know he tells he, he didn't say just um go build up get in and i'm just going to uh, bring rain and destroy um all the world but no he gave some grace period for them noah went into the world and preached to the uh, people and that god uh, you know that, that's how we see that god was so graceful and he showed his grace to the humanity um to save us uh, to save from their sins you know and he says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 1, uh, but I will establish my covenant uh, with you and you shall come into the ark, and we just read, and your sons, um, your wife and your son's wives with you. Uh, God and human mankind, this is where we see they enter into an agreement. And uh, to begin there's this element of obedience on a humanity's part. Yes, God has seen. And uh, we already see, uh, saw that what God has uh, said to Noah uh, about saving his family. Uh, and, you know, and um, after all, if Noah would have said no to God uh, and did not want to abide by the co covenant or, um, you know, said yes, so then change his mind, uh, what would have been the results for him and his family? When God called Noah, if he would have said uh, uh, no to God, what would have been the result? We wouldn't have had salvation. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't have been. Saved, they wouldn't have been saved. The whole right. family would also um, been gone, and they wouldn't have been uh, saved. Uh, saved. But we see the divine mercy from God that He actually called the family and they obeyed and they were saved because of the divine uh, mercy in, um, in this. Uh, we'll move on to our, our next um, um, title, which is a sign of the rain. Yes, Rosalind. Sorry, Joyce, to interrupt. I just uh, want us to not miss one point uh, as, as we are trying to learn about covenant because several questions are always asked about this covenant. Mm -hmm. I know we refer to it as an agreement or a uh, uh, some kind of contract, but uh, I personally would like to see it as a blessing, see it as a promise, uh, see it also as, 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 as a plan to rescue, a plan to uh, support our uh, nature that we struggle with, the sinful nature. I'll stop there so we can get to the Okay, yes, Thank yeah, you. very true. Yes, it is a promise, you know, it was a plan as well. Thank you for sharing that. Now, the next one is we have only three minutes remaining, so I'm just trying to cover the uh, lesson. So, uh, sign of the rainbow. We all know about the rainbow, you know, how beautiful it is. Uh, and Genesis chapter 9, verse 12, and God said, this is a sign of the covenant which I make between uh, men and you and every living creature that is with you for all generations. I set my bow in the cloud. Uh, so um, we all know we have seen uh, the rainbow and we, you know, uh, as a child, we have all admired this uh, rainbow, but that's as a normal human being. But as as a promise, if you see, um, you know, in the covenant, um, 
even as adults or our breath can be uh, taken away by the sight of those outrageous colors in the uh, clouds when we see the rainbow um no wonder that you know the rainbow uh, to, uh, even today the rainbow is used as a symbol for so many things recently we have seen in uh, nhs you know rainbow has used from many various reasons uh, from political organizations to cults to rock bands to travel agencies and many it's a beautiful sign that actually god um, gave us but during the days of uh, noah you know because the, the, there was no rain when noah was preaching uh, people did not believe Uh, that um uh, when no priest that god is going to say they did, they didn't believe that it was going to rain because they have uh, never seen uh, so perhaps god thought you know if i say something that i'm not going to destroy this whole universe with, with the flood in the future uh, god thought that he, you know he decided that he would give us a sign as a, 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 a sign to say that Uh, he's not going to destroy the universe so every time we see that we can feel the promise not only admire the rainbow as a human being but as children of god as a promise that we can look at the rainbow and see how promising our god is you know that is the promise for our spiritual uh, life or our personal salvation that god has promised us it's a sign that god has given us to make us understand or realize uh, that he is a god who keeps a promise and he is you know he is willing to save the divine mercy is again we can see the divine mercy through the rainbow we can see his love through the rainbow that he is he is still um, you know he doesn't want to destroy the uh, universe but he wants to uh, save us and give us eternal life uh, what did the lord say um the rainbow would sim- symbolize genesis chapter 9 verse 12 can we read genesis chapter 9 verse 12 please can someone read or shall i this and god said this is the token of the covenant which i made between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations so throughout the bible god makes covenant agreements with people he loves this first recorded covenant was marked by an appropriate symbol so the rainbow um you know is saying through the uh, rainbow it symbolizes symbolizes Uh, god's uh, love you know the, through the rainbow we can see that uh, while later covenants applied spe- specifically to the jews you know other covenants but this one extended and still extends to every living creature this is not particularly to a human race to jewish hebrews uh, latin or greek whatever but this is to the whole universe and it's exes- extended to all uh, or every living creature in this world that's what it is um, the rainbow symbolizes and the next lesson we'll move on to is the uh, sign of the ra- we didn't actually sorry i forgot to choose a spokesperson i just realized now um is anyone who's going to do be the spokesperson for chemsford please yes elder carol thank you for thank you so the next one is a sign of um the rainbow we'll see uh, in the story of the covenant of grace there are two scenes that i i really want to just make quickly this one two scenes that present the figure of the rainbow the rainbow of the, um, in the clouds of heaven in genesis chapter 9 verse 12 and 13 we also see a rainbow around god's throne okay so the one that is on the clouds and one around god's throne so the one in the uh, cloud is a sign of god's mercy we've already seen and it's uh, and it's for the remnant people 
people. So the, during Noah's times, the remnant, uh, or, or the or the remaining people who were saved, this is the sign for them or the covenant for them, and for the people who survived of the uh, flood. But in the rainbow around God's throne, uh, it's a sign of God's glory and remnant in the end time. So the throne that is the remnant for the end time and survive the great tribulation that's for the uh, end time people so we've seen one uh, after noah's time and another one is for end time the one in in god's throne that's what uh, we see has anyone got to share anything any points i don't want to be the only person talking uh, this is where uh, i spent a lot of time on meditating this section of that uh, sabbath school uh, I was just trying to think. I don't know how you'll think like uh, me. Um, you got uh, 13 seconds, Pastor. Yeah. Which, which, which is important, rainbow or the covenant? Okay. Uh, many are satisfied with the beauty of the rainbow but left the covenant. Covenant. Yeah, welcome back and thank you so much for this uh, wonderful lesson study. Very theological, but at the same time, end time warning for all of us. Uh, let's quickly uh, uh, complete our uh, summary. Um, uh, Braintree, let's start from Braintree. Braintree, Braintree, Tiago, who's your spokesperson? It's Elder Robert. Elder Robert. Um, the fact that uh, this whole lesson and, and the, the quarter is all about covenant, we realize that it's always God through his graciousness initiates each covenant for us, uh, to us. And it is our response to respond to that. And the same covenant he made with Noah it applies to us today and that we have to, in an evil world, we have to choose God's way and stand out uh, from, from the evil in the world and choose God. And Thank he can impart his, his graciousness to us. Yeah. Thank you, Elder. Thank you so much. Um, Malden? Um, that's me, Pastor. Um, I've had the... We found the sin principle, um, the, the divine opinion of the end of God's creation, that all was very good. Then sin entered and the paragon shifted. Things were, weren't very good anymore. God's orderly creation was marred by sin and all its lawsome results. Rebellion had reached terrible proportions by Noah's day and consumed the race. Through the Bible does not give us many transgressions and rebellion were clearly something that even a loving, patient and forgiving God couldn't tolerate. How could things get so bad so quickly? The answer is perhaps not that hard to find how many people today looking at their own sins have not asked the same thing, how things got 
so bad so quickly. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you, sister. You very well touched that point. Paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. That's one of the key word in that lesson. because god is trying to make his covenant to bring back the paradigm mm. which um, was marred mm. uh, because of sin thank you so much very crucial point okay basildon okay um we looked at the covenant that god had with noah and we understood that the, the covenant extends to all future generations God said uh, my covenant I make with you he said is going to love us and he wants to save us so we saw God's plan of salvation is still in place for us even today so God is inviting us to have a relationship with him in Isaiah 55 verse 6 it says uh, seek the lord while he may be found call him while he is near So God's grace is sufficient to us all even today. Thank you. Thank you. So you have touched that uh, chapter 6 verse 8. Grace and because the Bible first introduced the word grace in 6th chapter and that grace continually uh, is inactive even today. Thank you sister. And finally, Elder Carroll from Chumsford. Thank you. As we looked at the lesson, we have discussed as the writer likens sin to bacteria and how rapidly sin spread. So that sin was in man's heart continually. Man wanted to do evil all the time. But praise God that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And his covenant is for all generation and jesus while he was unheard said as it was in the days of noah so shall be the coming of the son of man so we need not be alarmed when we see the sinful nature and the things that are happening in our time let us look to god and find grace for salvation thank you very very thank you you completely summarized this uh, whole lesson um There is one uh, crucial point that I think uh, none of you have missed the word called remnant okay because uh, the author of this lesson uh, has brought out that point because even at the very first destruction uh, the remnant people were saved and also uh, the lesson is helping us to understand the qualities of remnant people blameless righteousness walking with god and receiving grace from the eyes of the lord is all the qualification of today's remnant people too and i praise the lord for this lesson just let me introduce the next lesson is called an everlasting covenant as soon as we hear the everlasting covenant we will think about abraham so that's what we are going to study tomorrow i mean next week so let's take little time to go through the abrahamic covenant it's a very crucial point that when abraham was called out okay to leave all his relatives it is a very tough tough covenant but still god helped him to pass through thank you so much teachers and spokes people and all the participants and students 
May the Lord be with you. And uh, we'll go to the next program. Good morning and happy Sabbath. Today, my health talk will be about the human eye. The eye. We may not think very much of it, but the eye is one of our most important features in our body. Good morning and happy Sabbath. Today, my health talk will be about the human eye. The eye. We may not think very much of it, but the eye is one of our most important features in our body. It's used every day from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep. It is used to observe the many beautiful things that God has created for us. Facts about the eye. Your eyes are about 1 inch in diameter and 0.25 ounces in weight. About 10 million different colors can be distinguished by the human eye. Our eyes stay the same size throughout our lives, but our nose and ears do not. There are over 2 million working parts that make up the human eye. There are 107 million cells in each eye, all of which are sensitive to light. Healthy eyesight. The food you eat has a big impact on your eye on your eye health. Omega-3, fatty acids, lutein, zinc, and vitamin C and E may help prevent macular degeneration and cataracts as your age progresses. Fill your plate with the following foods to prevent them. Spinach, kale, and other collards. Non-meat protein sources such as eggs, nuts, and beans. Oranges, lemons, limes, and other citrus fruits and juices. Eyesight. Too much time spent staring at a phone screen can lead to strain in the eyes, blurry vision, having difficulty focusing at a distance, eyes that are dry, aches and pains, pain in the neck, back, and shoulders. The Bible. Here is what the Bible has to say about the eyes. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For there is a Father up above who is looking down in love. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 Conclusion The eye is a lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Matthew 6.22 The things of the world enter into our body, through our eyes. Therefore, we should train our eyes in the right way to grasp only that which is spiritual, for the body will dwell on those things which enter into our system through our eyes. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.
for the health talk. Yeah, go ahead. Now we have a Sabbath school summary from children as well. Uh, now the children will uh, give us their uh, one minute summary. Sister Golda. Children's summary. Is Rajathi there? Can Rajathi summarize for us, please? Uh, okay, uh, happy Sabbath, everyone. Uh, today in the PowerPoint and a primary, we learned about how Mary Madeline used her very expensive perfume to clean Jesus's feet, and that Jesus always never forgets what we do, and he's preparing a place in heaven for every one of us. Um, I'm going to be summarizing the uh, Cornerstone and Real-Time Faith lesson. Uh, so in Cornerstone and the Real-Time Faith lesson, um, we basically learned about not being a fake Christian. Um, we can go to church how many other times or we can um, behave outwardly as a Christian. But the, at, the, at the end of the day, if we don't behave like a Christian behind closed doors uh, in, a, in the private, um, when trials and tribulations come, we won't be able to stand. So that's basically what we learned. Any more? Is Jade in there? Can you feedback the PowerPoint? Okay, Auntie. Um, so in the PowerPoint lesson, we learned about how Mary Mag, how um, Mary Magdalene, um, she did not leave her Lord even when Jesus had died and was buried in the tomb. Um, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and even wept for Jesus and went there. And when she found the tomb was open and there was no body there, she, she found out that Jesus had risen from the dead. And we talked about how the resurrection and how Jesus died for us and how he has given us salvation and eternal life through his hope. Thank you. Good. Anybody else? Sister Golda? That's it, Pastor. Okay, thank you so much. I think children should take our uh, adult lesson as well because they are so wonderful uh, minding their lessons and uh, taking notes and giving us the wonderful summary. And it's quite deep. Thank you, children, uh, for your summary and also the teachers. Now let's go to mission report. Sorry, first we're continuing with the uh, health talk. That's not oh, okay. Sorry about it. Happy Sabbath, Church. Today we'll be speaking about the ear. What is the ear? The ear is the organ of hearing and balance. The parts of the ear include external or outer ear, consisting of peanut or alcohol. This is the outside part of the ear. Why do we need the ear? Your ears transmit sound waves to the brain. And having an ear on each side of the head makes it easier for us to determine where the sound is coming from. Facts about the ears. 
Your ears never stop working. Even when you are asleep, you are still hearing all the sounds around you. Your ears are hairy. The internal portion of your ears is narrow and tiny, roughly the size of a pencil eraser. Your ear bones are surprisingly small. There are actually only three bones in your ear. What's inside the ear? The pineal, the semicircular canals, the cochlea, the external auditory canal, the tympanic membrane, the estuchane tube. How to keep your ears clean? Clean the outside of your ear with a damp cloth. You can use earwax softener to soften earwax for easier removal. You can use a syringe to irrigate your ears. If you choose to use a cotton swab, don't insert them into your ear canal. Above of us about the ear. Kings 2 19 verse 28. Because thy rage against me and thy taunt is come up into my ears, therefore I will put my hook in thy nose and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way by which thou camest. Amen. Sabbath Church, today I'm going to be talking about the mouth. What is the mouth? The mouth is an oval shaped cavity inside the skull. The two things that the mouth does is to speak and eat. The parts of the mouth are the lip, mouth, gums, teeth and tongue. It is also known as the oral cavity or the buccal cavity. Parts of the mouth. So we have the teeth, gums, soft palate, tonsil, tongue, lip and uvula. Every time we smile, talk, eat, frown, you use your mouth to do all those things. Our mouth lets us form different facial expressions that is essential for speech. Without our mouth, we can't do these things. Also, without our mouth, we can't talk to God. Most common problems with your mouth. Bad breath, bad breath also causes halitosis, tooth decay, gum, periodontal disease, oral cancer, mouth sores, tooth exfoliation, tooth sensitivity, toothaches, and dental emergencies. Facts about the mouth. You spend over two months in your life brushing your teeth. Your enamel is the hardest substance in your body. Your smile is as unique as your fingerprint. People used to believe tooth pain was caused by toothworms. There are about 300 different kinds of bacteria in your mouth. What the Bible says about the mouth. Proverbs 13 verse 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. 2nd Ephesians 4 verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as it is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who fear. Thank you for listening to my health talk. Good morning and happy Sabbath everyone. In today's health talk, I will be talking about the tongue. The tongue is very important in our daily lives. We use it to talk, eat and swallow. Without it, we won't be able to survive. Here are some facts about the tongue. The average length of a tongue is 4 inches long. We have around 10,000 taste buds in our mouth, out of which 8,000 live on our tongues. 
The tongue is the only organ in our body that gets support and moves without the help of any bone. Our tongue prints are like our fingerprints. Every human has different shape and size tongue, making every individual possess a unique tongue print. Your tongue says a lot about your health. Tongues with white patches indicate overgrowth of candida, which is yeast or thrush. Black and hairy looking tongues indicate yeast infection, diabetes, cancer or poor oral hygiene. Red and white spots on tongues indicate where your taste buds have worn down and redness indicates deficiency of folic acid, B12, iron or a fever. Here is what the Bible says about the tongue. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. 1 Peter 3 verse 10 The word of the reckless pierce like sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 12 verse 18 Conclusion Oh, be careful little tongue what you say. Our tongues are the doorway of life for our body, soul and spirit. It does not only decide to feed us, but it also has the power to nourish our souls and spirit. Our tongues should not be used for speaking evil. Instead, they should be used to praise the Lord and to share His word with everyone around us. Thank you all for listening. Good morning and happy Sabbath everyone. For my health talk, I'm going to be talking about the human hand. Why hands make us special? Human hands not only do the tasks we need to do, but they help us to communicate with others. Stroking and patting can show others that we care about them. We can, we can use hands to defend ourselves. We can play musical instruments. We can become skillful in crafts and arts. We use our hands in sign language. We can write down our thoughts. We use hands to show other road users where we want to go when we're riding bikes. Some people seem to talk with their hands when they are talking to others. Facts about the hand. There are 27 bones, 29 joints, and at least 123 named ligaments in the human hand. The average hand length for adult women is 6.7 inches. The average length for men is 7.4 inches. 6% of all men and 9.9% of all women are left-handed. Our fingers are even more sensitive than the eyes. The fingertips have a large number of receptors responsible for sending messages to the brain. Fingers don't have muscles. Tendons in our fingers are moved by the muscles of the forearm. Fingerprints are a completely unique DNA imprint that is different in every single human being. No two human beings in the world have similar fingerprints. What does the Bible say about hands? Psalms 134.2 says, Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Proverbs 31 verse 3 says, Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8 says, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarrelling. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, 
for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's use our hands to the glory of God. Church. My name is Tabby Scarlett Mangena. Today is Children's Day and I'll be doing the mission story. This story comes from Trinidad and Tobago. This story comes from a little girl named Magdalena who was 12 years old. One day, like normal, she was waiting outside of the pharmacy for her dad to pick her up from school. She would usually wait for an hour or over. And then she started to wonder because she used to see so many people go in and out of the pharmacy. She wondered if they loved God. So that day when she got into her father's car she asked him a very delightful question. Am I allowed to spread the word of God by giving out tracts? Her father was very pleased to hear this and he said yes of course. So the next day she started to give out tracts and the next day but when her dad started losing some copies of the tracts he, um, he just decided to print them off at the printer at home. And there was this one person that caught her eye in particular. It was a dentist that used to come into the pharmacy a couple of times and he used to work someplace near the pharmacy. So one day after, after her dad had picked her up from school, while in the car she asked her father if she could talk to the dentist. And surprisingly her father actually knew the dentist. He was the dentist that fixed her mother's teeth. So, the next day, on that afternoon, she waited for him to come. And when he was about to go in, she asked him, Do you love God? He was quite shocked to hear this because he actually did not know much about God. So he didn't really believe in him. But of course, he accepted. So he took her into her office and she started telling him so much about God. And the next day when she came, before she came, she decided to ask her dad if she could give the dentist a, a Bible. So her dad found a brand new black Bible and she wrapped it. And on that day when she was waiting outside, she waited for the, she waited for the dentist. The dentist came and was actually surprised to see that she had gifted him a Bible. So then they started to read and read the Bible and discussed about their favourite verses and different verses of the Bible. She was so happy, her, her father was so happy to hear this. And one day, after she enjoyed talking to the dentist so much, she decided to ask him if he wanted to come to church with her. And he said yes, because he had free time. So her mother, her father and her, 
picked up the dentist to go to church and he complimented um, their daughter saying that your daughter is a wonderful girl. She taught me about God when I didn't know about him and I am grateful she did. And they were all pleased to hear that. So, after that, he knew so much about God and just loved him and believed in him. And that means that you can believe in God as well if you try. So, this mission story comes from a lovely girl named Magdalena. And maybe you should consider giving out tracts about God so that people could learn about God. Maybe you could do the same as Magdalena. Thank you for listening. Okay, let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this Sabbath day you have given to us. Thank you that we've come to the Zoom platform to come worship you. And as the Sabbath school ended, thank you that we could um, take all our lessons and help us to take it to our daily lives and learn something from it. Uh, can you to be the program for the rest of this day as well? And thank you for all the children, for giving them all, all the talents that they have and help them to use them wisely and kindly to be with them and uh, help them to use it for your will. Uh, thank you for everything you've done for us and um, help uh, us to follow your words. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Church, this is the time for announcements. Uh, we have a uh, um, few announcements to make. Um, this afternoon at 3.30, our children uh, program continues. So please uh, be on time, 3.30 in the same Zoom. Uh, our children are going to give some program. Uh, today at 8.30, Today at 8, uh, uh, sorry, 8 p.m. Today at 8 p.m., Braintree Business Meeting. So all the uh, Braintree members, please join in the same Zoom at 8 p.m. today. Um, this is very important announcements for all the deacons and deaconesses of all the four churches. Uh, we have a conference training program for Area 8. Uh, you will see the poster here. I have already sent you, and many of you have registered this. You can see the timing. I'm just expecting the Zoom link from Pastor Sam Ojo. He will send to me as less possible. And this is only for Area 8 at the moment. So uh, all the four churches, deacons and deaconesses, Please join uh, April 23 to 25. Friday, you have 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Then Sabbath evening, 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Then Sunday, you have 7 p.m. to... It's all about one and a half hours. And it will be very productive for all of you, especially as we are going to receive our worship in the church. So all the deacon and deaconesses, please uh, make sure uh, you are joining... Uh, the deacon's training. I hope the church will be blessed by your training. And as usual, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, we have non-7th Adventist Bible study. If you have any person 
who are not a part of the church, please introduce them so that they will come and join. This is the announcements for now. Please uh, uh, kindly adhere it and wherever is possible, please join. God bless you.
Sabbath, everyone. I am glad to present the participants for today's divine service. Today, I'll be doing the introduction to the platform party. For the welcome and our call for worship, it is done by Stephen Swamy. The opening song, which is our theme song, is Standing on His Promise. The opening prayer will be done by Ryan Doob. Next, the children will recite some memory verses. Then we will have a song, which is Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. The offertory prayer will be done by Seppo McQuanzi. The special song will be done by Dominic. The children's story will be taken by Ethelda Edward. The song that will lead us into prayer will be done by Kezia Matakoya. The Garden of Prayer will be done by Grace, Raphael, Charlie and Samuel. Then a special instrumental will be done by the Gospel Boys. The scripture reading will be done by Samuel. And the sermon will be done by Harshit, Kenobi and Ryan. 
The closing song will be done by Yvette and Emeril. The closing prayer will be done by Shreya. And the benediction will be done by our beloved Pastor John Melky. We hope you'll be blessed by this wonderful program. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to be with us and guide us as we continue to worship God throughout this program. Thank you. Amen. Good morning and happy Sabbath, Church. My name is Stephen Swami, and I would like to take this opportunity to welcome each and every one of you to our divine service. We have members and regular visitors from various churches who has joined us today, like Basildon, Braintree, Chelmsford, Malden, and other parts of the world. And a special welcome to our visitors. If this is your first time here, we'd like to thank you for choosing to worship with us and hope that you'll be blessed. Luke chapter 18, verse 16 says, But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Today is Children's Ministry Day, so throughout the program, we'll hear from the children from all four churches. So let us all be like children and prepare ourselves as we worship today. And special thanks to all children who worked extremely hard to make this day possible. God bless you all and have a blessed Sabbath day. Amen. Let us pray. 
Dear God, please bless this service led by us children. May every single one of us learn something from this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Matthew 7, 7 Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek, ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Jeremiah chapter 29 verses for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, for whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Tito's chapter 1 verse 2 in hope of eternal life which God who cannot lie promised before time began. John chapter 14 verse 6 writes, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man commits unto the Father but by me. Amen. Psalms 46 verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Mark 11:24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask, for in prayer believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. The Lord shall find you, and he shall hold your peace. Exodus 1414. Isaiah 42 verse 13 says, The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6. Psalm 1, 2, 6 verse 5. Those who sow in tears shall rip in joy. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made unto weak, perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'll rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen.
57. The channel, channel, the title is Channels of God's Good Gifts. Matthew chapter 25 verse 21 says, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter, enter into the joy of your Lord. How often do we think of our material blessings as God's gifts? Perhaps we feel that we work hard for our material possessions and that and that they are a result of our own energetic energy and initiative. The, the fact is, however, that everything we have comes and God, he is the creator and therefore the owner of everything. Our very lives are a gift. The parable of the talent shows us how we are expected to take care of what God gives us. God wishes for us to help to help grow his kingdom. What he gives to us is what he entrusts us entrusts us to us. They are gifts they are gifts to us and and his kingdom is built on generosity of spirit. In God's kingdom, we can grow only what we develop and give away. Give away. If we hoard things or hide them, they cannot be a blessing to others. We can increase our capacity to receive, to receive only if we continue to give. What am I doing with what God has given me? Am I using God's good gifts to grow his kingdom? Am I using his talents to bless others? Or have I hidden my talents and hoarded my possessions to the extent that even I am in danger of not representing God very well? The appeal says, let us take the challenge to start growing God's kingdom with the resources financially and other, otherwise that he put at our disposal. Dear Lord, we pray that dear Lord, we thank you that for we thank you we thank you for everything with which you have blessed me. Make me grateful and make me a blessing in your kingdom. Amen.
Happy Sabbath, church and children. Today, I'll be telling you a story on how God kept his promises in my life. I live in a tent in the middle of the trees of Mora. Every day, I pray to God, telling him everything that makes me happy and everything that makes me sad. I listen carefully and God tells me what to do. I hope you pray every day too. I haven't always lived here. I used to live in a place called Ur. One day, God spoke to me and said, Abraham, it's time for you to leave Ur. I have a better place for you. I will bless you with children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren and your family will be a great nation. I didn't know why God was telling me to leave my homeland. We were too old to raise a family. I was in my 90s. We were too old to have a child. It was, it was hard for us to believe that our children would be a great nation one day. But you know what? All that didn't matter. I trusted in God and as I listened to God, I became more and more excited and told my wife Sarah. When we got here in Mora, I built an altar to God. I prayed regularly for myself, my family and for the servants and the Canaanite people. And it was here in the altar that God brought me outside and said to me, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. I will give you more children than you can count. God promised me three things. The first, the promised land. The second, descendants and the third, blessing and redemption. I'm sure we've all had to wait for something to happen and when it had happened we were so relieved and satisfied. As you can see here I had to wait many years for God's promise to come true but waiting didn't mean that it wouldn't happen. Waiting patiently gives us an opportunity to have faith in God's word and his promises. In Psalms 27 verse 14 it says wait on the Lord be of good courage and strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let us finish with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for being a God who keeps his promises and continue to be with us and help us strengthen the faith that we have, that you will guide us and be with us throughout everything we do according to your will. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.
Let us pray. Dear God, thank you so much for giving us today. Thank you for putting a wall of protection around us and keeping us safe from coronavirus. Thank you for letting us meet together today to worship you. Lord, I'm thanking you that you're faithful to forgive us. And I'm thanking you that you've given us a second chance. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus, to bear our sins. Help us, Lord, now to be forgiving as you have been forgiving to us. Help us to be tender-hearted, loving, and kind to all around to all those who are around us, our neighbors and enemies. Help us to be like you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Through Jesus' holy, precious, mighty name I pray. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, thank you for this lovely day. Thank you for food, coming and shelter, and all the blessings that you have bestowed on us. I come and ask for wisdom. As the great King Solomon asked and prayed for wisdom, today I ask for wisdom that you may grant it in our lives. As it says in James 1 verse 5, those who lack wisdom, let them ask of God that gives to all men freely. I pray that we have wisdom in our choices and that we make wise decisions in our relationships and that we have wise choices in everything that we do, in school, at work and at play. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for guarding everyone and protecting everyone in the church and in the world. Be then everyone during this pandemic but, and help us soon, help soon to, for churches to open. Because even though it still is good, so we can all reunite again, not into Zoom. If everyone here, guide everyone and protect everyone. Helps to be kind to each other and believe in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day that you have given us. We want to thank you, Lord, for preserving our lives despite this ongoing pandemic. Lord, you said that this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, help us to keep this Sabbath day holy, which you have set apart, and help us so that we can praise you and thank you for what you've uh, done uh, to us during this week. In John 14, 3, Lord, you said and promised that you will go and prepare a place for us a place where we can live with you eternally. Lord, help us not only to have the hope and belief that we can reach that eternal home, but that we can live a life that is acceptable in your sight. Thank you for our future hope. Thank you th that we can rejoice despite the circumstances in this world, because we know, Lord, that this is the beginning and we can look beyond life. Thank you for giving us these momentary afflictions because it prepares us for an eternal weight of glory. Thank you for the hope we have in Jesus. We pray as the children lead uh, this service today that we will be attentive hearers and we will learn something from what is going to be said. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Go ahead, Sammy. Happy Sabbath, Church. Today I'd like to speak about promises. Before I start, I'd like to have a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you for this lovely day that we can worship you and we can come closer to you. I would ask you to help me to speak about promises, Jesus. And I ask you to help everyone to be safe during this time. In Jesus' holy name I pray, Amen. Have you ever made a promise? I have made many promises, but I've never been able to keep one. The Bible is filled with many promises of God, from Genesis to Revelation. We read of normal people that have received great promises from the Lord. A promise is sealed by the highest authority, the Word of God otherwise known as the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 3 it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. When God makes a promise to his people, it will come to pass. So what exactly is a promise? A promise is a covenant or declaration that one will do exactly what they say or something will happen just as pledged. Here are seven promises of God in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 17 verses 4 it says, Behold my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. Here God speaks to Abraham, promising that to Abraham that he will be the father of many nations. This is exactly what we see happen throughout the Bible and history. In Exodus chapter 2 verses 24 to 25, it says, And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. 
One of the greatest promises throughout history was the deliverance of his people from Egypt. God would call a man by the name of Moses to declare to the Pharaoh that it was time to set his people free. The Pharaoh did not let the, the Lord's words sink inside his heart and he left himself with a stony heart. He decided to not let the people of Israel to go free and instead God punished him with ten plagues. During the last plague, the Pharaoh's son had died, which, which let him to know that he should leave the Israelites, and he let them go. But later he began to regret leaving them, and he decided to chase them, where they departed the Red Sea, and they went. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 9, it says, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on earth, if you keep the commands of the Lord, your God, and walk in obedience to him. God made a promise to the nation of Israel that if they kept his commandments, he would bless them abundantly. If they were to obey his word and the truth, he would set them above all the nations and claim them as his own. In Joshua, Chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In the book of Joshua, God would speak through Joshua to encourage the people of Israel to not be discouraged, and not to be afraid, for God is with them. Wherever they want to go, even in a storm, he is with them. In 1 Samuel, the Lord says to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being your king? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, so I have provided for myself his sons as a king. Saul had been the one that the Lord had chose to rule Israel as king. The problem with Saul was that he did not obey the Lord. When then, because of Saul's disobedience, God decided to choose David as the new king. His word was sealed in heaven, and David ruled and became king. I want to end with Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, where it says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with their wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. This tells us that God will keep our promise, even though it would be a very long time, and he will strengthen and empower us. Happy Sabbath, Church. The title of my sermon today is Season of Doubt. Please turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 34, verse 18, and it reads, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and save those who are crushed in spirit. I will start my sermon with a short story. These are a mother's words and she says, my nine-year-old recently confessed a struggle with her beliefs. She says, I don't think I believe in God anymore. Then turned into a somber. How do you know God is really real? And gradually became a firm. I don't believe in that. 
Missing friends from her old school sent my nine-year-old into a wrestling match with her face. Though it broke my heart, I assured her it's normal to question our face when the bottom falls out of our lives. Scripture says we will be tested in a way that will make it hard to continue to believe. The truth is, we're never alone, but it's hard to believe it when the trials we endure swallow us whole. God is near, listening and in surveying control. Fight fear and flex the courage to ox him the hard wise. Release the floodgate of tears and collapse into his compassionate embrace. The journey is universal. When brokenheartedness threatens to paralyze, unleash all emotions and hydrances and composure to God. Keep sowing seeds of truth and faithfully water them every day. Hold on to them for dear life, repeating them until the waters reside. After a string of hard days, as my daughter adjusted to the change, shaking up her knife, I found a picture of Jesus hugging a little girl tucked into her line of stuffed animals. Hope restored, she skipped happily down the stairs to start her day. I thank Jesus for faithfully blooming every good seed in perfect time. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, He can be faithful to do even more than we can ask or imagine, even when we struggle to find our faith. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Thank you. Happy Sabbath, everyone. I hope that you are enjoying our programme so far. Thanks for your support. As you have heard, we're talking about God's promises. Promises that give us hope to live for what he has in store for us in the future. My sermon today is entitled, Promises for the Future. Let us pray. Dear God, speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A promise, we are told, is an assurance that comes with an expectation and we expect that a promise made is a promise kept. But how many times, church, have we made our promises but forget to keep them? When we declare our promises in our heart and in our mind, we fully intend to carry them. It's like promising your mum or dad that when you get home from school each day, you'll do your homework before you watch TV or play games. At the time you said it, you really believe that you'll be able to do it. But then one day you get home from school and you really want to play a bit of that game your friend was talking about. And before you realise it, mum is coming home from work and you've not even thought about your homework. Your mum is disappointed and you feel bad for getting what you had promised. It is not so with God. When he makes a promise, we know and trust that he will carry it through. When he speaks, his deeds follow. God cannot break his promises. The promises were settled in heaven before the foundation of the earth. In Numbers 23 verse 19, that's Numbers 23 verse 19, 
It says, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will not he do it? Or has he spoken, and will not fulfill it? God's promises never fail. The Bible tells us that as believers, we look forward to receiving beautiful promises when Christ returns. Trusting in those promises during troubled times enables us to look forward to heaven with great anticipation, not anxiety. His promises assure us of certain things. Eternal life is ours. Jesus endured and defeated the sting of death when he rose from the dead on the third day. As believers, we can claim the promise found in John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yes, sinful as we are, God gives us the opportunity to claim eternal life. When we believe, our citizenship of heaven is assured. No more worries about applying for passports on time or wondering if we'll be granted citizenship when we want to stay in the country. We do not have to worry. In Philippians 3 verse 20, that's Philippians 3 verse 20, it says, we have assurance that our citizenship is in heaven. This world is not our home. It is a temporary place to be while we wait for Christ's return. Our real home is where? In heaven. When we believe in God's saving power, we become heirs to his home in glory. The Bible says in John 14, verse 2 and 3, that's John 14, verse 2 and 3, in my father's house, there are many mansions, Jesus said. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Yes, we can become citizenship of that heavenly kingdom, living in a house that is specially prepared for you and me. We are promised a new body, one that is suitable to last forever. No aches, no pain, no death or sorrow. Sin and suffering will be no more and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. Our inheritance is not of silver or gold, but everlasting life with Christ himself in his heavenly kingdom. Boys and girls, picture this. Your parents come home and tell you that they have booked a holiday to Disneyland in Florida. How would you feel? For me, I would be so excited and would not be able to sleep. I can imagine that you would also be so excited. You would make sure that all your friends knew where you were going on holidays. You would be thinking of all the things you could do, all the characters you would meet, and all the rides you could go on, and all the different places you could go. All the toys you would buy so that when you got home you could show all your friends and tell them about the good time you had. God wants us to be even more excited about going to heaven. He wants you to tell your friends how wonderful heaven will be. Think of all the good things he's prepared for us to see and do. Think of singing with the heavenly choir, of talking with angels. Think about your new glorious home and best of all, Think of what it would be like walking and talking with Jesus as you take a stroll down the streets of gold. You'll be able to ask him all the questions you have always wondered about, but never had an answer to. How do we know these things will be so? Jesus has given up you these promises, and he always keeps his promises. He says in John 14 verse 2, 
That's John 14, verse 2. If it were not so, I would have told you. No threat, no natural disasters, no threats from viruses known or unknown, no strife, no wars, no threats from life in these modern times can ever erase the reality of these promises. Mums, dads, boys and girls, let's prepare ourselves and claim these promises of future eternal perfection. Let us prepare ourselves to live in that city John saw. It is never too late to start, and the time for us to start is now. May God bless you all.
Let's all bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, Lord, we want to thank you for your word, which is full of your promises, which reminds us that you are faithful. Thank you for your unconditional love that endures forever. And thank you for your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Even though we may walk through the valley of shadow of death, we will have no need to fear evil. For you are with us and your rod and your staff, they will comfort, comfort, comfort us. Lord, help us to realize that through claiming your promises, we have a special strength available to us through faith. When we are anxious and burdened with a load of care, and when we present all our petitions with thanksgiving in every and any situation, thank you for your promise that your peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. Lord, there are people that are facing financial crisis. Father, fulfill your promise that you will supply every need according to your riches in glory. Thank you for your promise of, of eternal life that your that you're preparing a place for us in your eternal kingdom. Lord, help us to remain in you as no branch can bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can we bear fruit unless we remain in you. Father, please help us to never lose hope in you. Sometimes we as human beings may have plans, but Lord, you see the bigger picture. Your thoughts are not our thoughts and neither your ways our ways. So help us to be in agreement with your will and hold on to your unfailing promises. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. May the marvelous grace of Jesus Christ and the agape love of our Divine Father and the unceasing communion of the Holy Spirit may abide with each and every one of us, especially upon our children, today and forevermore. Amen. Church, on behalf of all the adults and young people, uh, I just would like to say thanks for every person uh, who have uh, joined here to worship the Lord. And today it is, I don't know how to start and where to start. Um, I'm trying my, I should have given to either uh, one of the head elders, but uh, let, me, let me try to thank you. Uh, people who missed to join last night's program, you have missed something. Absolutely profound. Thank you, children. And thank God, your guarding angels are very much proud of you. And they are taking reports before the Sabbath. Well done. And God will be smiling at all the guarding angels. They must have a very good uh, communication upon you. Uh, this program would have not come just overnight or a week. If I am right, uh, they took about three months to organize this program. And in fact, this morning, as I was talking to Deeraj, there was about 360 or some videos that they have to put together. So our special thank on behalf of all the head elders and uh, other leaders. Uh, we thank uh, Sister Sharmila, Sister Golda, 
Sister Andrea and Sister Sapira for your marvelous work and coordination to put up this program. And thank God for it. This is a, a boost for all of us to have such a smiley face in every program. Uh, and all the parents, we can't forget it. I like the ties, uh, purple, different kinds of designed ties, including the Carol had it. Uh, so all the parents, thank you for uh, your uh, work and cooperation with the leaders. Uh, our uh, special thanks to Brother Deeraj, Sunil, Nobet, Stephen George, and Vishudas and Farai for your extraordinary work to put up these videos together. And it was extraordinary and we are so impressed and thank you uh, so much. And I should appreciate all the participants today, singers and musicians and speakers, and even the uh, good, we don't have any infant at the moment, I have to check, because otherwise they would have at least clapped. Okay, so every children, it seems to me that you have taken part in this program. Thank you so much. And the title they have chosen is really appropriate. I am a promise. I am a promise. This afternoon at 3.30, the title is standing on the promise because this world is really giving up the hope giving up the hope hope is fading but at the point of this you are coming up with a theme i am a promise because i'm still alive as the sign of the grace of god so thank you so much uh, harshit kenobi and ryan and may the lord bless you and may the lord continue to preserve you in all the aspects of your life. Thank you so much, everyone. And we will look forward this afternoon program. May the Lord be with every, every person here, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, website, and whatever the gadgets that you are trying to hook up this program to review and listen again. God bless you all. Now let's disperse ourselves to various church fellowships.